It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. We all seem to have that inner critic inside our heads. I have a committee, the itty-bitty shitty committee. You know what I mean, that nagging voice or voices, in my case, that knocks us down and drags us down the road of self-sabotage and self-neglect. A strong, positive sense of self-esteem is our first step to anything you wish to accomplish. Discover who you truly are, that gorgeous, talented, fabulous woman Who deserves recognition and unconditional love? You know the most beautiful thing any woman can wear is confidence. Here on Confidence in Bloom with the Divas That Care Network, I, Tina Spolatini, speak with women living in their own self-confidence about who they truly are and how they found themselves and how they care for themselves. Today I'm speaking with Corby Furl. Despite outward success, Corby Furl felt like an imposter, a chronic people pleaser, an overgiver. She had been clinging to her prestigious job for 25 years, only to realize that once it was gone, so was her sense of self-worth. On a journey back to herself, she found a simple technique called emotional freedom, freedom, sorry, emotional freedom techniques, which saved her life. Today, she supports and empowers women who lead by healing triggers, eliminating anxieties, and becoming unwavering in who they truly are. Corby is a certified executive coach, a chartered professional of human resources, a certified EFT trainer, a speaker, a facilitator. Her favorite title is that of Grammy. All the love and joy with no parental responsibility. Oh, I love that intro, Corby. <laughs> Thank you. Grandkids have to be the best, right? I'm not there yet. They are. I'm not ready for that, but it, I remember my parents just loving it. So yeah. congratulations. No. You have two, am I right? Two grandchildren? Uh, uh, four. Oh, my goodness, four. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So very lucky. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Two boys and two so, girls. Oh, even better. Yeah. Yeah, even better. You get to see, like, both worlds in all four exactly. of them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us more about EFT. Okay. Yeah, EFT is emotional freedom techniques, and it's really coming of its uh, onto its own lately. And it's been around for about 25, 30 years. And what I love about it is there's so much science backed on it now. Um, you know, it's just not this woo-woo thing out there anymore. And what it does is a simple technique that we use acupressure points, like a you know an acupuncturist might use, but we're using our fingertips to put it on the pr- put pressure on our meridians. And so what it does is it sends calming signals to our body to start to calm down because, as you know, in your intro, I love that, you know, that itty-bitty shitty committee, those are all our triggers that get us going, right, because it feels like they're real. And so when we start tapping using the pressure points, it starts sending signals to our brain to calm down. So once we can bring that calm down into our body, now we can see that, oh, this wasn't real. You know, what is the real situation because we have more capacity to deal with it. Um, you know, so it's used as stress management, symptom management. When you use it in coaching, you go deeper because it goes beyond just the management of things, right? Where it's like I get triggered, I have to manage my stress, I bring it down, I deep breathe, or, 
you know, say I want to um, be more calm, but I have to do it all the time when I get triggered. So when we go coaching, we go deeper into the root of why are we getting triggered? You know, what about this is really activating my system? So once we do that, we can actually deactivate the stress that's causing it so that when the trigger happens, now we have choice around it versus the programming that was always in there, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it, now it, we it, can it have choice. Right. So when, when you say, like, um, it's not when you go deeper in coaching, it's not just management anymore, it doesn't, like, make them your stresses disappear. It just helps no. you cope better. Exactly. You know, like, but if you've got a, a reactive trigger all the time, like say you got scared by a dog when you were a child and now every dog is terrifying, right? We can work on that trigger and the sensations that get caused by our thoughts of it, right? Because now every dog is a threat, which isn't real, right? And so right. we can actually deactivate those stresses in there so that you can say, oh, yeah, it was this particular dog, not every dog. And our bodies are still built that we can have that sense of like, oh, that dog is scary, so I can, you know, not go near that one. But the other dogs we can actually now enjoy, right? So it gives us that ability to, to manage our stress for when it's more real and maybe when it's it versus perceived. Aha, uh-huh. okay, so I, I see now. <clears throat> okay, that's like super cool. And um, pressure points, I know I've seen EFT done. I've had it done on myself as well. Um, it's, I know the main ones are like um, like the top of your head, your um, across your chest, and underneath your arm. Am I right? Yeah. So we do. There's a nine point sequence that goes on, and it doesn't matter the order, but we do it in an order just because it's easier to remember when we have an order. So yeah. So we have the top of the head. There's the eyebrow points right where you know our eyebrows um, kind of start by our nose. So we tap on those points. Then we come around to our side of our eye, and there's points on that side, uh, right underneath our eye, just kind of on the tops of our cheekbones, and then underneath our nose in that little, you know, that uh, kind of nose part that we have, you know, our finger fits into that, and then in the divot of our chin where it kind of dips in, and then if we find our collarbone, it's about, you know, an inch below our collarbone on our, our chest, and uh, and then we have mid-chest, mid-body line underneath the armpit, you know, about a hand width um, below, and then back to the top of our head. So that's what we call one round of tapping. And it was discovered, like, when it first came out, it was discovered that, you know, these meridians are attached to different body parts, and they used to, you know, well, where's what's the issue? And if it's a gallbladder stomach, they'd have a sequence for that. But what they found, it was confusing, Right. And so they found that by doing these nine points, there's kind of a crossover of the meridian energy. So you get a lot more benefit of it. And whether that point's affected by the stress or not, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not going to hinder anything by doing extra points or over-tapping. So we just have to, you know, that's why we do the nine points um, in that sequence, just so we can remember for ease of use and um, just to have the benefit of it. Okay, so then... um Obviously, like we feel our triggers in our body. This much mm-hmm. I've learned in my in my years. But yes. obviously, the trigger, like the points that we're pressing during EFT, they're for myself personally anyway. They're not really where I feel my my stress when things come up. But they're pressure exactly. points that kind of go throughout the entire body. Am I right? 
Yes, yeah, they'll be in the kidneys, the stomach, the liver, um, you, you know, they're all over our body, into our heart, into our, you know, there's every organ is attached because these meridians work with what we call our ventral vagus nervous system. And that's where all our feels and things are, where a sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system is. And so it's all working in conjunction with each other. And so even though, yeah, it's like, well, I should be tapping maybe where my pain is, it's not. It's still, we're getting the benefit because it's stuck energy that is causing the issue. It's not, you know, thoughts or things like that. It's the energy that gets stuck in our body that wasn't allowed to process. You know, I was reading um, in Gabor Mate's new book, the, the, you know, The Myth of Normal. And he was saying, you know, when a child, you know, say skins their knee and our first reaction is to scoop them up and it's like, you're okay. And rather than just allowing them to cry, to process the pain, to feel it, because sometimes when we grab them right away, you know, as long as it's not life-threatening, um, it, it doesn't allow them to process what they need to process. Because he said once they, they kind of process it and they're ready for us, they'll actually look for us or call for us. And that's when we should actually go in because now the bodies have been allowed to complete the cycle that it was supposed to complete in that pain cycle. Oh, that is so interesting. That's probably why, you know, the soothers exist, right? Yeah, if we let them cry, maybe they wouldn't have a soother. I had a heck of a time getting rid of my daughter's soother. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a security, right? It's a safety. And that's the whole thing. That's what we as parents are to provide safety for our children. Um, but it's like to know when is, it, when is it essential or when do we just need to hold space? You know, when is it that they really need us? Because our first instinct is to make it better and stop them crying and make everything happy again, right? And it's like, what if we could just be with it and see, you know, like I said, providing that it's not something emergency that needs to be handled right away. Right. And, and, and as adults, we've been told, right, to sit with our feelings, right? Feel yeah. where you're feeling it and, and you know, yeah. see what, what happens when you just sit in it. And if we would have taught our kids that when they were babies, maybe, you know, life wouldn't be so chaotic, that's interesting. Possibly, yeah. But we were yeah. taught by people who weren't allowed to have their feelings, you know. And so when we somebody says, oh, comes along and says, well, just feel your feelings. Well, we've spent most of our life being a walking head, you know. And right. it's like everything, we don't feel anything. We have a body. It's like how do we connect to that, right? So it's, it is a big learning thing. And so, yeah, if we can learn to be with our feelings, then, yeah, our kids have a better chance of being with it and honoring that. But it's tough, you know, because when kids are freaking out, it's hard to remain calm because our stuff gets triggered, right? And then we react to that child instead of holding that calm space. And, right, you know, exactly. it, it, it's hard. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's super cool when you think about it like that. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So when your clients come to you for coaching, how do you know, like, they're, are they, they're not necessarily coming to you for EFT. Um, no. Like they're coming to you for coaching, like you, like you're a coach. So what kind of, yeah. um, what would tell you that they need EFT? I guess if they can't get past their triggers. Well, I'll say everybody needs EFT <laughs> because the whole thing is, is like we have stuck energies and you think of the stresses that we encounter as our body every single day, right? So our body is really like a filter. We get energies from the world around us, right? You know, we hear it like the cell phone energies. We get people's energies. We get stories. We get news. We get we filter all of this through our body. And our body, I think it's like 40 billion bits of information per second or something. 
And and our body only gives us maybe like 20,000 bits of information to try and process, right? Because it's too much into our conscious. And um, so we process only a little bit, but we, we store these other stresses. So we start to, um, you know, like hold our stress in our body. We're very stressed. I think of, you know, I was a single mom for a long time and I would go, 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 go and thinking, oh, I'm not stressed. But every time I would sit down, I'd be like almost passing out because I was so exhausted. That's a pretty good indication that I was pretty stressed. But at the time, I just thought, oh, I'm just too busy, right? But it's like, no, my body's like, I need to have the rest. Um, So it's like, yeah, you know, I don't necessarily start tapping with my clients right away because it's like we have to see where they're going. But definitely, if if somebody is stuck, we all know what we want, but there's something stopping us from getting it. And that something stopping us from getting it is usually a pattern or behavior that we've adapted to, right, that says it's not safe for me to go speak in a crowd. It's not safe for me to be vulnerable, right? So if I want to give a big speech in front of somebody and now it's like I'm terrified because I can't, well, if chances are you had a bad experience maybe as a kid when you had to speak up in front of the class or something and then you got laughed at, you know, and you think, oh, I'm never doing that again. Right. So now as an adult, you want to do that. And now these old triggers are coming up. So where EFT really shines, it helps to move this energy that's been stuck of this. You know, it's, it's, it is a traumatic incident, um, even though we think of trauma as something big. It's just the things that happen in the moment that we form to be true about ourselves. And so when we think that it's true about ourselves, now we spend our life proving it. And so when we don't have to um, prove it anymore, now we free up that energy, that old memory, and now we can, as an adult, now take the stage and be vulnerable and do our speech. You know, So there is a point for it because if, if we could think our way through it, we would all just read the book and we'd be fine. Right. If only it were that easy. I know. Everybody wants that easy button. Right. So I, I'm wondering now, when you so you do like um, a, a therapy session with your client, coaching does session. that eliminate? Not therapy. Oh, it's not therapy. So what would you call it? No, not therapy. No, it's coaching. Okay, coaching. So you've done okay. So you've done a coaching session with with your client, and you've done yes. EFT during the session. Does that eliminate yes. the trigger? Or I mean, I know it doesn't eliminate it. It helps control the trigger. But does that mean it'll never come back, or can it come no. back after? Yeah, but what happens, and, you know, just even like an example with a client I had today, like she said, I still have, you know, it feels like I got punched when I'm feeling rejected or something. And it's like, but, she said, but, I just take a minute and I can breathe into it, and then I can move on. And that's the difference, whereas before, when she felt rejected, she'd be down for days, you know, in her head and not moving forward and not doing the project she wanted to do. But now it's like, oh, I noticed that it's there, and it's like I see a bigger truth now, whereas before, the truth is the trigger, right? So it reduces that Ah. trigger because we don't want to get, you know, everybody has this thing. We have to get rid of it. We have to, you know, feel it, fight it, and get rid of it. It's like what if we could love it and embrace it and honor it because those were strategies we needed to survive as a child for connection, for love, for belonging, um, you know, that's what we figured out. And so, but they carry on for the rest of our life, even when we don't need it. And that's where the, the imposter syndrome, the stuckness, the, all of this happens because now we've changed, but our strategies of protection haven't. And that's where the, you know, our foot on the gas and the foot on the brake starts to happen because, 
you know, part of us wants to go and the other part's like, ooh, that's not safe for us to do it. And so when we can, you know, love that part of us, and that's what this is, the whole journey is really about self-love, is coming back to loving every single part of us because those adaptive strategies have also given us a lot of who we are and the good things that we do in the world too. It, you know, produces probably us being very diligent or, you know, being able to figure things out or, you know, there's a lot of things, even though we think there's a, the negative side, but the two are a mesh. But when we can make peace with the other side, now we can kind of change the strategy of safety so that it fits us today while still using the, the amazing gifts that it did give us. Right. I get that. And when you say love yourself, like absolutely everything about ourselves, that means unconditional love no matter where you are right now. That doesn't mean, you know, you don't want change in your body or in your Absolutely. inside, like your personal development, right? It just means yeah. that I accept myself for what I am and for who I am. Exactly, yeah. And it doesn't mean that you can't improve or change or anything, but you're going to love yourself through the process. Right. So is that a, do you find that that's kind of what you work on with most women in your in your business then is learning how to love themselves so that they can heal and move on you know ultimately that's what we're always always working on really is that self-love even if we don't know it you know most of it shows up though in you know they might have a good big goal they might want to have a promotion they might want to uh figure out how do i stand in my power in my business you know there's so many different things that people come in for but usually you know it's at the core of it all it's like yeah, the, do I love myself? You know, what will other people think of me? Is it safe for me to do this? You know, the fear of success or failure. Those are kind of the core things, that belonging, that we all have as humans. And so whatever the external issue is, there will be an underlying threat to all of this at some place. But it doesn't necessarily, we need to clear it all out to be there. No, if you can get to the place where you can get your goal that you want, you don't have to dig any deeper, you know. It, it, it's it's all dependent on that person. But there's a lot women are coming now is for, you know, the courage, they want the courage to step forward. They want the courage to have their voice, right? They want to um, be themselves and not have to please everybody, you know. So there's so many different things that people come to me with. I love that. That's so awesome. Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's just so it's just so interesting that you know like just tapping in you know these nine spots I know there's other places like I know that I've seen yes. you do on the fingertips and I imagine the yes. toe like the tips of the toes would have it as well I would think so actually that's a good question I don't know the answer to that for sure um, because yeah our bodies mirror so I would say that's that's good I'll have to look into that and see if that's the truth but yeah like our meridians that run through our body also run down our fingers so if you're like you know extending your hand out like a shake going to shake somebody's hand that's the the tops of your fingers just on the sides is where you can actually press um to to do tapping that's more discreet we'll say right because people aren't comfortable just tapping wherever they are right <laughs> because it does look silly uh, right, but it's, but it's very effective. So when we can squeeze our fingers, nobody knows that, right? People are always playing with their fingers, or or even you know even rubbing the the pressure points, right? We rub our chins, we rub our foreheads. Those that's the body's natural way of trying to de-stress us. You know, our bodies are always looking to heal, 
now we are just actually bringing some consciousness to it, right? So we're, we're going to help out our bodies to try and do this. It's trying to tell us this all along, but we, we've learned to not listen to it. Right. And our bodies are amazing machines. Absolutely. And when we can love them for that, everything changes. Right. Right. Exactly. So I'm... Um, now, I had a question I was going to ask, but I'm not sure it actually makes sense. The first thing that women need to have when they're working with you is, I mean, obviously they need to know what they want and what they're not getting. Yeah, yeah, and, and the openness and desire to change, right, to, to not put up with what they're putting up with, right? And, and a lot of people, you know, that's why they're coming is because I don't want to be where I'm at. I want to be somewhere different. I want to feel different. You know, I want to feel joy. I want to feel peace. I want to feel calm. And they know that there is something different or they wouldn't be seeking it out. Some people right. never recognize it. They just live in the misery of it. And that's okay, too, because when it's their time to recognize it, they'll, they'll get there. But it, it's the ones that are, you know, have that awareness that there can be something better. Um, yeah, and once they, you know, if they aren't clear, they don't have to be crystal clear because we can work that out you know, through conversation and questions and figure out what is it that they, they want, right? Right. They just need to know that this is not what I want and I need to fix that. Yeah. I yeah. remember yeah. I, had, I had a coach once and she would ask the question, what am I tolerating now? Yeah. And I, it took me a long time because I'm like, well, what do you mean and what am I tolerating? And, I mean, that's what it comes down to. What am I just, you know, allowing to happen because it has to happen. You know, is there something mm-hmm. I can change, right? So yeah. that, that's a good question. And that's what, you know, you could ask too, right, or what you would ask mm-hmm. is what, yeah, what are you holding on to right now? What are you tolerating? So these yeah. women that you're working with, Corby, tell me, where, where have you led them? Where do you lead them to once they come to you? Uh, like in, through the coaching sessions, you mean? Yes. Um, yeah, like so each journey is different you know, and what they want to work out with. And, and it's surprising what gets uncovered. And um, But ultimately, at the end, like, you know, they've got the courage to move on, that they can be who they are. You know, and the beautiful example today is the client I was working with where she just, she says, like, I am grounded, I am solid, I know what I offer. You know, that's where I want to get my clients to, right? Another one was like, wow, it's like everything I was hanging on to is the opposite of who I am now. I don't need to hang on to that. And it's like, and people are coming to me. They want me. They want my business. They want, you know, because I can, I'm free to be me and people feel that energy. There's a different energy about us, right? Because when we're um, in our conditioned responses, which, which is what we are, right? We're adapted to our, our conditioning and how we were supposed to show up in the world. And when we let that go and become who we are in the world, everything changes because now we know who we are, we're solid in what we offer, and people feel that. There's a different energy about that. I love that. Once we become who we are. Isn't that funny? Like, I mean, I'm in my 50s, so I'm thinking, like, some of us, it takes that long and some longer. Absolutely. To figure yeah. out and who no judgment. we are. Right. Yes. That is actually yeah. kind of scary, right? But like you it said, is. we are all like people pleasers and we're in, we have imposter syndrome and we have all that, yeah. that stuff of pretending, you know, to be someone you're not. I love that. Yeah. 
I love this. We had an, such an awesome talk. Um, yeah, thank you. I know you. the last time you and I met, we talked. I felt like we talked for hours, and I'm pretty sure it was close to two hours. And I, yeah. I remember walking away going, oh, no, am I going to remember what questions to ask? Because I, we, we talked so much about this. If there was one thing you could tell our listeners about um, EFT and the benefits, what would that one thing be? Um, that it's a tool always on your hands, right? You've always got a way to calm yourself and give you a greater capacity. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Thank you so much. Yeah, and it, it, the yeah, fact that it's in your hands and it's something you don't have to, like, you don't even have to remember. You know, I catch myself squeezing my fingertips, like, all the time. Yeah, And every time great. I catch and myself, yeah, I'm always like, oh, yeah, Corby said I could do that and it would help calm me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, and it's always available. No matter where you are, what you're doing, you have the power to, you know, control what's going on. Right, and so many of us need to be told that so many times, right? Like we need to, Absolutely. we need to allow ourselves to believe that we have the power. I have the power for yeah. me. You have the power for you. I love this. This yeah. was so awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. I want yeah, to ask thank you. one more question. Yes. What makes you laugh more than anything else in the world? Uh, I think just uh, when I think of it is thinking of my grandchildren and just their goofiness and, and their joy in life. You know, it just reminds me that, that we need to keep that childlike joy. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Kids have a way of doing that, don't they? They do, yes. And, and then they turn into teenagers and we're like, oh. <laughs> yes, that's a whole other story. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And maybe we'll just talk about your, your social media. I have You have Facebook and Instagram, am I right? Yes, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, LinkedIn. And you're at Coach, Cor- Co- Coach Corby? Uh, Co- yeah, Co- Coach Corby underscore is my Instagram. Uh, Corby Furrow is on my uh, LinkedIn or Radiant Core Solutions is my uh, page. And Facebook, I've got Radiant Core Solutions or Corby Furrow. Thank you so much again for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Confidence in Bloom is a celebration of self-love, a confirmation that you're an amazing, desirable, brilliant, gorgeous, talented woman, even though you may not look like a screen star or a supermodel. The truth is they don't even look like that. We offer unconditional love to our partners, our children, our extended family, even our pets. It's high time we got out of our own way and learned to unconditionally love ourselves. Chic definitely does come in every shape. So if you want to believe in something, start with yourself. If you'd like to be a guest here on Confidence in Bloom and chat with me, contact me through Instagram at infobloomstyling or by email at tina at infobloomstyling.com or through the Divas That Care website. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.